0: Well, I mean, I know everyone's mad, Ed, because we didn't beat the the Gooners, the Arsenal, North London's finest, or whatever. Um, Well, given how Spurs are playing these days, probably, (laughs) yeah. Currently, currently after this, in like three minutes, I I haven't looked at the league table, but I would imagine Arsenal are now above them. Um, uh, It was all right. I mean, it was very frustrating and annoying but I wonder how much of that frustration and annoyance was based on the fact that it came off the back of Sheffield United yeah. and we really needed a win to re-kickstart hashtag 21 and 21. That's
1: right I think it's an opportunity missed rather than there, there was some extreme reaction online as there always is but quite a number of people like asking for Ollie to be sacked or something after a A couple of draws and a a loss in the last three games.
0: Those people just want him to be sacked. There's there's a band of... I mean, you know, I, I told you we got a message on Instagram after the City semi-final while we were top of the league or second... With a game in hand to go top of the league, saying that this is why he could should be sacked. He got his substitutions wrong. It's like if you, if you sack a manager for getting substitutions wrong, Fergie would have been sacked three hundred times in the last five years of his managerial career. You know.
1: Yeah. So look, this was a game in which United really could have won. Fourteen shots, not too many great chances in that. Edison Cavani from about six yards out. Obviously, he would score that. Well. XG says 62% of the time, but it's Edison Cavani, so I'm thinking it's about 99 point something percent of the time. Under a bit of pressure, but still. And then the one late in the game where the XG is probably overrating the quality of the chance because it's come from behind him, but it's still pretty close. And there's him and Martial going for the same ball. Uh, but generally, I think United created more, uh, they were livelier, Arsenal, a few shots, but nothing a note at all. I don't think United were ever really under real pressure in this game. And and it's one of those, you come away going, ah, you know, especially after the Sheffield United game, that it's it's pretty disappointing not to have won that, but it's all in the details.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- there were periods of time where Arsenal were kind of looking like they might put consistent pressure together, but they never really turned into a any meaningfully good chance. There were a couple from Pepe, both of which, you know, were did not actually result in in good chances. It should be said that this is an Arsenal that doesn't didn't have Saka or Aubameyang, um, but. Nonetheless I thought United did a pretty good job for the most part of containing them there was a couple of bright passages where Emile Smith Rowe looked like he might have some impact on the game um he's a fine young player that that kid um but the uh the the overall feeling was definitely if we could have won the Liverpool game this is this one didn't quite hit the heights of we should have won this game. No. But it kind of was much closer on the spectrum to should have won this game. I, I, the, the Cavani chances, the, the first one is a bad miss. The second one, I, I saw some people say he should get out of the way for Martial. But if you watch that again from the reverse angle, it, the contortions that he would have had to go through to get out of the way for Martial would have made it a very difficult chance for anyone coming in behind him. And 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 anyway... There's not really he, he's. It would be ridiculous to expect him to know and and be able to execute on getting out of the way there. Um, he should Rashford have uh,
1: micatarian
0: that into the top
1: corner. That's what he should have done.
0: He should the uh, the bit low. Bit low to scorpion kick. I don't know how you how you do like an outside of the boot scorpion kick rather than the back of the boot. Stay on your feet and wait for the ball to cross you, and then move your left foot out and try and hit it with the kind of heel of the the side of the like underside of your left foot. This would have been something that's in
1: the Kama Sutra, I think. This is I don't know where his (laughs) leg is and where it's
0: kind of like it's kind of like you know the Pogba one, not the most recent Pogba one, but the one before where his leg's at kind of a funny angle when he hits the one from the outside of the box. That but, but on his left foot um the other big moment i guess was the rashford one where the ball comes to him on the it, it kind of crosses all the defense and he has it and if he hits it first time then he's got a, a pretty big opportunity because he's about two yards out maybe it was difficult i mean it was it's always difficult to hit a ball first time but it also might have been difficult with the goalkeeper's positioning to even think that he would have scored had he hit it first time but once he pulled it down and tried to kind of cut it back and turn it around. Uh, he was kind of swamped by Arsenal defenders sure. and that yeah. chance went begging. And,
1: and Arsenal, well, look, yes. Saka's a miss because he's been in good form. He's a good young player, can play in a variety of positions, does play in a variety of positions. Aubameyang, well, he's been in and out because he's been injured quite a bit this season. He scored one Premier League goal. And and even, even without the injury there was this sort of debate about where he's going to play in this Arsenal side. He's he's kind of been shunted to the left, but doesn't necessarily want to play there. So it's, I mean, he signed that new contract, didn't he? But he's not really justifying it just yet.
0: Nope. Not even slightly. it's classic, classic Arsenal finally get their man to sign a new contract. And then he falls off a cliff and it all goes horribly wrong. And a couple of years later, their crowdfunding is moved to Turkey. Um, uh, yeah, so, talk, yeah,
1: talking to signing players up to really
0: long contracts, which are a complete waste of time. We'd never do that, would we? Uh, hashtag Jones 2023 or whatever it is. Um, the I was going to play a game of this or that earlier because I was watching uh, Leeds Leicester and I was like, Johnny Evans is better, definitely better than Victor Lindelof, right? Definitely. Where do you stand on on Evans versus Lindelof? Who would you have in the first team?
1: Yeah, well, probably Evans, but it's it's there's not much in it. There's yeah. nothing. There's <laughs> you just there's, there's nothing you could say that Victor Lindelof is is a, a thirty million pound player versus Evans. We let go on a free or very low fee to West Brom. Yeah, so, yeah. So yes, it, it, again, United haven't covered themselves in glory when it comes to transfers over the last uh well several years
0: yeah um i mean listen the 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 defense looked a bit ropey a few times as it always 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 does but they did fundamentally do their job but i don't believe to to make any exceptional saves and anyway even if he did they were from you know low percentage chances so fair enough um uh what what was the problem with that game then i guess i guess there was some sloppiness fernandez was particularly ineffective um as he sometimes is in big games somebody was made a really good point to me the other day which is we should just the games that we should rest bruno for Oh, the big games? And play Bruno against the bottom two thirds of uh, everyone in the league and burn him out doing that, and then go, "Oh, big man, you need you need a rest against them." We'll play Van der Beek against uh, yeah. Arsenal. And
1: I, I think that's the setup, though, rather than Bruno necessarily. It's sure. it, in, in these. I mean, particularly this season, the goal against Tottenham is our only goal against the big six. I mean, scored twice against Leicester, of course, who are significantly higher in the table than Arsenal. But that's kind of worrying, isn't it? That that the trade-off is always be, still being made in these games that um, Solskjaer doesn't trust his defence. I, I assume it's this, right? He doesn't trust his defence. He wants them to sit in a bit of a low block, especially when Victor Lindelof and, and Harry Maguire and it, the, the pair in there. And then he plays McFred in front of them. And, and then just... It feels like it's one creative player too few, um, or we're in a, a too lower block, or it's a bit of both. And and I know United have done well away from home, but it's it's not quite the same thing, I don't think. And it just felt felt like one of those games where the starting position was quite deep, uh, and weren't quite able to get the uh, the the kind of breaks going in the, in the way that we know they can. I mean, Keane, Roy Keane, and Paul Scholes were both pretty heavily critical of United. Scholes talking about uh, Fernandez actually, and saying because he hasn't scored or, or created an assist against any of the the big teams that uh, this this is a bit of a failing. And and Roy Keane saying it's the winning mentality that's missing. These this team doesn't believe they can win the league, which they might not because how many of them have won the league in this squad? Not many.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, he said they're scared, scared to admit they're in a title race, basically, scared to believe they can win the league. And I don't think he's wrong about that, but I don't necessarily think it should be a point of criticism. for feel like it should be almost seen as a point of education. A point of like this is the thing that needs to be addressed. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who is not scared of being in a title race, it's Bruno Fernandez. He is he is clearly not going to be cowed by the idea that United could win things. Unless he's just talking a good game, which I don't think is the case. Oh no, Arsenal is still Somehow four points, four places behind Tottenham in the league, which shows just how badly they've been doing in the early part of the season. Anyway, Um, so I I think that they need as a collective, they they need to be encouraged to believe in themselves. This is the, the number one priority from a kind of psychological perspective, I'd say. But that's very difficult when they're playing as much as they're playing because the results are going to affect you. And I wonder if there was some hangover from the Sheffield United game in this one. Um, so, let, McTominay and Fred started, as you said, it was like nailed on that McFred would start. I think everybody agreed with that. He did go with Pogba on the left, um, Rashford on the right, and Cavani through the middle. But Scott McTominay's tummy did not allow that to be the case. Oh, I do, um, I'd almost
1: forgotten about that. That was uh, yeah. that could have been deeply unpleasant.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like 25 minutes in when it started. And he was, like, trying to get to half times. Like, no one's ever made it 20 minutes in that situation. If you're doubled over with cramps, you do not have 20 minutes.
1: Alex Ferguson once got away with doing a ton on the motorway because he had the shit. <laughs> do you remember
0: that one? <laughs> yeah, I did not until you mentioned it. Um, he came off... Uh, and Solskjaer went bold. Yeah, you know he he put he put Martial on, which I think was the right move. And actually, I didn't think Martial played that badly. Like I thought he looked a bit brighter. He looked, he was connecting the play quite well, which he was doing a lot of the season, but hasn't been doing recently. I, I don't know. Uh, everyone, everyone just hates him now. So whatever. Yeah, I you know. think a lot of that was projection. So look, he wasn't
1: that bad. It wasn't that effective. So, but but no. nowhere near the treading water that we saw against Sheffield United, where it was just obvious that he needed to be hauled off. He was uh, trying, but um, you know, ineffectively for the most part, I think.
0: Yeah, and then, hey, guess what? The rest of the game-changing substitutions were left too late. Ten minutes for Mason Greenwood. Um, why? And none for
1: Donny Van Der. Never going to see a football game ever
0: again. Beat. Yeah, it's it's very upsetting the Van der Beek situation under the under circumstances like this but but I just don't know why he didn't try to give Greenwood 20 minutes and I think this is the curse of in a way it's the curse of match winners so like I mean, I make this point all the time, right? But one of the reasons it was so frustrating to watch, to kind of be watching your TV and going, get Rooney off, what are you doing? Is every single one of us collectively knew that if the the stars suddenly aligned, we could definitely suddenly chip the keeper from the halfway line and win the game. And Rashford is definitely in this position. He's playing terribly, but he can win the game if it turns Uh Cavani, I think maybe you could say, but given his age, you could take him off. But when you really need a goal, do you just want to swap Cavani out? I don't think it's that straightforward. Bruno, again, a player that you don't want to take off even when he's not playing great. Um, So you have this across the board, which means you're having to make quite a bold move to bring Greenwood on early. You've got to take off one of your match winners, potential match winners. Um, So I I don't know what the balance is. I don't think it's just an easy fix that really no
1: and and that's uh, part of united's problem or one that has to be solved uh, through sort of the evolution of the team but anyway isn't it it's it, it still feels at times and in games like this more than in some games this season that this is a collection of brilliant individuals who can solve a problem through individual brilliance at any moment rather than uh, a consistent Team that produces a consistent pattern of play that creates chances through the function of that strategy. Right. So there's periods in that game where they played very nicely, but also periods where it was very stoic. I mean, they put uh, they had a lot of possession, they put a lot of passes together, and and um, a lot of it was not super effective. It was better than it was against Sheffield United when they had like 900 passes and didn't go anywhere with it. Uh, And and this is just a like and and I think it would be um, a bit churlish of us to say, well, we should have definitely have that. Now, um, managers can instill and play much quicker. Solskjaer went for a counter-attacking low block style to at first, and he's been evolving that. Uh, and United can play in more than one way at the moment. there the just is when they're not playing that well, a bit of. Uh, reversion to the mean a little bit I think now the challenge for Solskjaer is to be able to evolve this team so it's front foot forward most of the time Uh, and front foot forward in those big games like Liverpool in the FA Cup but so rarely against the bigger teams this season
0: but this game was front foot forward for the most part wasn't it like certainly the second half I mean, this is a bit impressionistic, but th- there was a lot of the second half where it felt like United were pushing and pushing and pushing. Worth saying, um, the two big chances, both created by the fullbacks, backs um, who are such an important part of the attacking unit, and and um, Luke Shaw, we've talked a lot about his kind of growing positive impact in attacking play, um, and I would say that Wan-Bissaka is... Uh, Wan-Bissaka is... I mean, I don't want to speak too soon about this, but he was better in this game... May, and and I feel like he's been on a little bit of a more positive trajectory after a very ropey most of the season. Um, it, it was it was a decent performance from him. A couple of important tackles, and you know maybe maybe we're seeing him kick out of a kind of rough period of form. That would be very helpful. He got forward quite a bit as well. I'm not sure yeah. he did loads
1: from an attacking
0: sense. He created the the it's his cross for the Cavani the second Cavani yeah. one.
1: Right. So, uh I booked for a pretty scything challenge, but uh mostly defensively okay. I mean, his problem has tended to be he's just way out of position too often and doesn't mm-hmm. appear to be reading the game. Uh and if he's if he's finding that mojo to or they're coaching him to get in the right place at the right time more often than we need that. So,
0: yeah. Um I'm trying to think, kind of desperately wrap my brain for other interesting talking points about this nil-nil draw with uh, Arsenal. And mostly what my brain is telling me is Ahmad Diallo's Penenka was nice. (laughs)
1: Yes. I mean, that was the highlight of the weekend, wasn't it? I mean, (laughs) yeah. He's got some stones on him to do that in your, uh, I mean, albeit under 23.
0: They were were 5-2 up at the time They were 5-2 up, it's an
1: under 23 game.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure that takes any meaningful form of bravado.
1: Well, just a little bit. And the first time you appear in your new club's shirt, (laughs) Um, you
0: missed that. He'd he'd already scored. They were 5-2 up. I, I think he got. He, if he got on his knees and headed the penalty, it would have been fine. You know? Well, if he
1: got on his, on his knees and headed the penalty, or Mister Penenko, a lot of people would say, "Ah, oh, maybe he needs to." It's, it's a bit. <laughs> it's a bit childish, wasn't it? He needs to grow Possibly. up a little bit.
0: Possibly. So, yeah. Um, his first goal uh, for anyone that has not seen this goal uh, was a bunch of pressure applied to. I mean, Liverpool's actual under twenty three centre-backs are currently there, actual centre-backs or at least substitute centre-backs. So goodness knows what level the current Liverpool under-23 team is uh, is playing at. But anyway, he, he there was some pressure and he stole the ball off him, and it was it was a nice finish. Joe Hugh Gill, uh, a name I wasn't particularly familiar with, I have to say, because I don't follow the uh, youth set up that closely, um, but it is uh, a name that's bubbling to the surface for sure and his current uh, run of form is... Remarkably impressive, and apparently he was very good in this one as well. Yeah, all, always good to beat Liverpool at any level. Yeah, and um, and United's women beat Everton two nil. Um, this was a, this is another good result. They're still yep. second yeah, in Im- the league. Important I didn't victory, see any of this, though.
1: Yeah, important victory. Chelsea got a, a big win against Spurs. Um, in the women's super league you know beat birmingham last weekend which was important after losing to chelsea a couple of weeks ago so you know yeah. in in touch played a game more it's still a, a long shot and, and and at least for the title that is and a little more so because tobin heath has an injury and she's probably been the best player for united this season certainly most sort of threatening forward. And she's going to miss 12 weeks, which is most of the mm. season because it's, uh, yeah. it's not
0: particularly a okay. long season. So that is a blow. Yeah. Um, and as for the men's senior side, listen, three wins on the bounce now against Southampton and Everton and whoever were playing after West Ham. The schedule's got all muddled up, hasn't it? Because they've moved games around because of the game against West Ham. Um So I've lost track a little bit, but... Definitely, if we get six points from Southampton and Everton, there'll be lovely, positive conversations. Particularly if City drop points against Liverpool next weekend, Liverpool coming back into some sort of form. It, this isn't this isn't a complete nightmare scenario by any stretch of the imagination. I think we are second in the league still because Leicester lost uh, today, so yep. um, and and uh, we're second in the league above Liverpool. Nobody would have thought that that was. If there was any chance that that would be the case by the 31st of January at the beginning of the season, this season is going way, way, way better than expected. And certainly a top four place, which was the realistic expectation for this season, a more comfortable top four finish isn't nailed on because a lot of wheels could come off very quickly. It's looking much, much, much more likely than um than I think a lot of people would have feared. And, you know, the end of last season I said that last season was almost the perfect transition season, but it was it was very difficult to imagine that it would that it would grow into something next season because the board won't back Solskjaer properly in the summer. They didn't, but nonetheless. This is, we have taken some significant steps forward between last season and this, I think. Yeah, no, true. And and it's a special season as well, which
1: is helping, I guess, the inconsistency uh, of everybody in the league. Um, the, the, the one thing I'd say is that if United don't go on to win the league, which I would still say is a very high percentage chance that United oh, yeah. will not win yeah. the league. We might look back on it as an opportunity missed because it is not a guarantee that United then kick on again because the the season won't look the same next season. I mean, it's still going to be pretty difficult with the World Cup and everything, but uh, it, it might not be an inconsistent Manchester City. It might not be an inconsistent Liverpool. So, you know, it's not a guarantee that um, we'll get better again next year, at least in terms of league position. But still, still, second... Uh, something like seven points ahead of fifth place, so it's it's looking good from that perspective at the moment. And and you're right, um, win these next few games, uh, and we'll 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 forget the Sheffield United result. Hopefully, I, I mean certainly, um, it's uh, Southampton Everton really important. They moved the Everton game to the Saturday, which is good because it was going to be about three minutes between the Everton game and the the West Ham game. So West Ham's going to be on the Tuesday night. Now uh, in the cup, uh, there'll still be a lot of changes for that one, I'm sure. Uh, and then it's West Brom after that. And uh, West Brom are conceding goals at an absolutely frightening rate at the moment for them, anyway. So you'd imagine that would be a, an opportunity. So it's, yeah. And, and Everton lost to Newcastle this weekend. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and listen you're right of course that it's a strange season and we all know it's a strange season but after 21 games last season it's not like we had the same number of points and everyone else had a lot less we had 10 fewer points sure we didn't have as we didn't have as many points as we've got now by the 31st of january last season when we played three more games we still had 34 points we've got 41 now so like it's it's things are clearly brighter i mean i agree with you i i I'm not sure that anyone in their right mind would be looking back and going, oh, it was a missed opportunity for us to go from like kind of uh, a miracle run in a post pandemic weirdo universe that dragged us into the top three whilst other teams literally did collapse around us. Um, we didn't go from that to winning the league against the Man City team, who are kind of re- have refound their mojo under Pep Guardiola. <laughs> like, I don't think that many people are going to go. Ah, oh, if only we'd put more pressure on. Them. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's sure. it's, a, it's always been a long shot. So
1: yeah, yeah. City know. winning seven on the bounce put some perspective
0: on things. Anyway. So and and they you know they weren't that good this weekend city. So it's not like they can't have another wobble. Of course we can also have plenty of wobbles as as we know. Um but you know anyway. Um and uh, at least Jose Mourinho's Tottenham aren't going to win the league which did look briefly like it was possible in November but it turns out actually he's a useless washed up mess. So I'm I quite enjoying and I feel,
1: not, not that I've seen any pundits eat humble pie, but in my own mind, they should be, because yeah. for about a two-week period, maybe not even that long, they were, Jose is back, we told you so, he should never have been sacked by United, all the Mourinho stands were out. Um. Yeah. yeah.
0: How's it looking, guys? <laughs> how's the view from down there? Well, how's the view from your own 18-yard box where you're relentlessly camped being entirely reliant on the quality of two players two very good players but nonetheless right uh should we take a break and then uh, come back and i don't know preview the southampton game yeah we should do that 0.44
1: xg for spurs at brighton today <laughs> <laughs>
0: enjoyable all right see you in a bit if you want more from the show, in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Eds at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Um, yeah. Before we carry on uh, to talk about Southampton, I mean, we just flash back to like just rewind and listen to exactly what we said on the podcast last time. This time it was Marcus Rashford having to talk on social media about the racial abuse that he's uh received um it's uh it's very very hard to take and um and it's not happening to us so no you know what it what it must be like when it's uh, and and you know uh, there's a lot of uh there's this thing that happens there's a big trope about tone policing about response um and that's i just want to make it very clear that that's not what i'm i'm not saying oh you know um class response clap 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 kind of thing um but but uh it did bring a tear to my eye his his choice of words brought a tear to my eye sure it's a very
1: dignified response now i'm not saying that because i think he'd be perfectly justified in telling them all to go
0: themselves yeah exactly it's it's not like i'm not i don't think any i'm certainly i don't think either of us are saying for a, a for a second like it he's doing what he should do or like it's uh, isn't it you know uh isn't it good that it's a dignified response but i don't know how you can look at that and go like dignity is the word that is just just oozing out of that response it is a response that is a, a dignified response is almost like not doing it enough justice, the level of dignity that it embodies. So yeah, that was that was my feeling reading, reading his tweets about that. As well as the relentless heartbreak about the fact that this stuff is happening. Yes. Yes. And we have to talk about it every week. Literally. Because and we're not going to stop. Because I don't know why you would. Because you can't. You can't. Because it's happening. So you can't pretend it's not happening. I feel like Football as a collective pretended that racism stopped at some point, you know, and well, it didn't. Sepp
1: Blatter, then FIFA president, said it had stopped.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, he's an idiot. So there's that, there is that. Oh no, I mean, no.
1: I mean, it, like, there, there cannot be a more perfect embodiment of of the uh, of knowing when racism has stopped than a ninety-year-old Swiss bloke.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, ne- it never went anywhere. Um, and at the moment, it's seriously, these people feel very empowered. And we've talked about that ad nauseum on this show about why these people feel empowered to do what they do. Because there's a overt, avowed racist who's the prime minister of britain i mean we talked a lot about i mean obviously there's a someone who repeatedly refused to condemn the philosophical concept of white supremacy has just left the white house um but in britain if you look at boris johnson's racist history it's uh well it's just relentless i mean the man is just a racist so you know or uh, let me put that in language that is provable he has repeatedly said things which are extremely racist sure so, you know and anyway.
1: yes i i think there is a, i mean we're getting onto politics here but there's a there is a slight difference in that boris johnson has no real i mean he commands a vote across uh, multiple income and education um ethnic demographic and education sorry I said education and class groupings but not to quite the same extent that Trump does he's not no. as good a populist um, he is still a old Etonian racist <laughs> um, yeah different oh, anyway I'm, but but just... but you're saying the man at the top has um, empowered people to feel
0: a certain way and to act out on it for yeah. sure for sure yeah. just the, just you know the the lack of consequences um anyway uh Southampton away home i think it's away well that's good cuz united are still unbeaten away from home no i Absol- lied it's at home okay oh well never mind it might be all right um, i Pro- mean it shouldn't probably not. It literally shouldn't make any difference should it southampton are struggling no two ways about it i mean we talked a little bit, and we'll talk, I guess, more about this um, on the backers' content. But uh, they lost to Aston Villa yesterday, and they—that was a profoundly undeserved loss. It has to be said, not only in the sort of general sense of um, they created way more and better chances, which they did, um, but but not. That you, in the end, if you don't take your chances, too bad, you probably deserved to lose um this was they was robbed proper nerd var like just disgusting like seeing the ball in the freeze frame for this this offside goal and the ball is three frames wide the ball is is clearly supposed to be a still shot but the ball is wider than a rugby ball in the shot I mean much wider than a rugby ball it's three balls width in in, on the freeze frame with that kind of half see-through like you get if you close one eye you know it's absolutely ridiculous to believe that this technology is up to the task of working out where um the exact point of sleeve versus backside that this um this debate raged around i mean it was it was just i mean there's just no other words for it ed right but game's gone the game the game's oh gone dear. it's oh dear. gone the game's gone Yes,
1: um, they, they were very good at times in this game, Southampton. Uh, unlike their game against Arsenal uh, last week where they were pretty bad and against Leicester the week before where they were also pretty bad. I think they beat Liverpool before, didn't they, um, outside of the cup. So yes, unlucky. Maybe they got a bit of mojo back. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Aston Villa do set up in a certain way though they are pretty good they've become a team that plays even more on the break than they did when they were struggling last season because they've got the tools to do it and they cause Southampton some problems uh, with their ability to break uh, Southampton uh, pressed high all energy create some chances and you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see sort of what well, their approach we know their approach uh is is the kind of style. United do struggle against and have struggled against. Not always. I mean, obliterated Leeds, of course. Um, I'm not sure Southampton will be quite as kamikaze in in the way they play (laughs) uh, as Leeds were. Yeah. And and, and one of the reasons uh, we struggle in games at home, even if fans aren't there, and there are more away victories in the Premier League than home victories this season, even if the fans aren't there and it shouldn't make any kind of difference, is is that um, with Maguire and Lindelof, we cannot play a high line. Just just can't. It's impossible because the danger of the ball over the top is just. It's just so much. It's just mm. yeah. You know, or 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 as we found out against Sheffield United, a play getting caught on a half turn as Lindelof was in in that one. Yeah, and it it, it happens so often with these two that clearly the opposition are going to target it. It wouldn't half help us if Eric Bae was fit and able to play. I don't expect it because Solskjaer turns to Lindelof 80% of the time when he's fit, 90% of the time when he's fit. Uh, but it would help because you can just play a bit higher line. You can pr- compress the, the field a little bit more. You can put pressure on there forwards and, and get turnover of ball and then break from there. So yeah. anyway, we'll see.
0: Yeah, so everybody's not currently listed on Physio Room, but I think Physio Room are slipping because Phil Jones uh, was last, the last detail was updated on November the 27th, where it was Phil is still out until probably after Christmas sometime.
1: they just given up with Phil Jones. He's not even listed in the squad, is he? So. <laughs>
0: No and actually we should talk about that because this is something that's happened since we last spoke and uh, I think it was bubbling up to the point at which we probably should have mentioned it last time we spoke. Another player who was left out of the um, Premier League squad but clearly for a more planned reason was Jesse Lingard who has uh, reunited with Davy Moyes um, who I think sent him on loan. Uh, that season, because yeah, it was Van Gaal that had him in the first team squad when he got injured. I think he was, I think it was his Birmingham loan that was in the David Moyes era, but he definitely went on the pre-season tour with Moyes. Um, anyway, he's uh, he's putting lots of stuff on social media saying up the irons. Um, and uh, I hope, I hope. For his sake, I'm sure he's never gonna. Well, not sure. It seems very unlikely to me that he'll ever return to the sort of best level that he found at United. Seems uh, unlikely. Yeah, it seems like that's gone. But but I really hope he can have like a a decent Premier League career for the rest of his for the rest of his career. And he doesn't just sort of fade out. Um, I really hope he can have an impact because cause there's a player there. There's there is always been a player there. Uh, that yes, there is, and it'd be interesting to see where he plays. So he,
1: he should probably playing a kind of advanced midfield uh, role. He, he might not, though. He might uh, end up out wide. But we'll see. Uh, they, yeah, he's got an opportunity. He hopefully takes it. I, I don't know what kind of headspace he's in at the moment, whether he's, this is, he's in the right kind of frame of mind and got the right kind of space to, to go and really succeed. Hopefully for him, um, he has and he goes and does well. So apparently he's still in Gareth Southgate's plans, so say the press. So maybe he'll force his way into the Euro 2020 squad.
0: Well, Southgate's definitely be loyal been loyal in general or tried to be loyal to his players and you know he's massive for him in the in the 2018 World Cup he was a, a nailed on starter in that World Cup and I think probably rightly so in that sort of him and Dele Alli playing those advanced positions I mean you could argue that one of the reasons why England didn't win that World Cup was because like Jesse Lingard players of that level were guaranteed starters but um you know his football intellect has always been absolutely superb and we we've talked for years and years and years about how good his off the ball work is um not just in terms of like intensity but just he's just very smart about positioning and and you know moon made him watch loads of iniesta videos and he did learn a lot from those he just didn't have the level to be that level as a player and also clearly has had very substantial challenges in his personal life over the last couple of years and had to enjoy the peak years of his Man United career with Jose Mourinho as the manager. And the, the thing about that, that the, oh, it makes me really angry. The opportunity cost of having Mourinho as a manager means that um, if you are not exactly the right kind of toxic alpha male for Mourinho's nonsense shtick to work on you, it'll just destroy your self-confidence. So no wonder... See, Ali, Deli right now exactly and just just a litany of players going back to chelsea in the 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 second go round at chelsea um so yeah i i I think that that's that's a really significant part of the Lingard story that doesn't get talked about is just what damage, and that applies to Martial. It applies to Rashford, although Rashford kind of, um, I think, probably survived it best in some ways because he, I mean, you know, whenever he talks about Mourinho, he he is quite unmeasured and and says, well, you know, it was, I mean, basically, it was quite useful to learn what that maniac thought from time to time. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I, yeah, long long ramble way of saying Jesse Lingard scored the winner in an FA Cup final and that is absolutely massive that goal that goal was that goal meant that Michael Carrick and Wayne Rooney got to lift the FA Cup trophy together, completing their set. It, it it was a magic, magic moment and a hell of a goal. Andy seemed to score every time he played at Wembley at that period of his career. The Jesse he Lingard did. National Stadium.
1: He, he did, and, and a lot of those goals were featured in the West Ham social media stuff. <laughs> I, I thought they would colorize it a bit more so it looked purple, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh McTominay going back to Jose Mourinho came out uh interview this week or last week I can't remember when it was uh, praising Jose Managers well, we, Player
0: of the Year yeah when we played Spurs I don't, I don't think it was after the 6-1 um it might have been the the last time before that that we played them he tracked him down and like ran up to him like an eager puppy dog like obviously Mourinho was was instrumental in McTominay's yeah. career. And, and black a good plan, black you know. mark on,
1: on Scott's uh, record there. Black <laughs> mark. He's got to stop there. Anyway, good, good like Jesse Lingard. Uh, no other outgoings confirmed yet. I mean, I know they've been uh, negotiating for Marcus Rocco to Boca Juniors, I think, and Romero potentially to MLS. MLS starts again not too long a time and we'll see whether either of those happen. I mean, I guess it'll be about paying off their the end of their contract and I don't expect we'll see an incoming. You know, no no bid bid for Leo Messi. Buy him out of his five hundred and forty million euro contract, or whatever it was.
0: Two and a half million euro a week. Where out how it was. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. It's um, quite it's quite a lot. Would you get out of bed
1: for that? I, I think I
0: might get out of bed yeah, for just, that. Just about. Yeah. Um, there' a load of stuff going on with loans. So Tahith Chong's loan at Werder Bremen has been. Uh, ended I think Werder maybe changed manager um or at least he well no that's the other that's the other t- loan that got affected I think um anyway he's gone to Club Bruges on loan now and James Garner who was at loan somewhere was on loan somewhere is now on loan somewhere else uh Palestri is going Garner on, is loan. on a, where was he was he at uh a- Brighton no no, uh, no it wasn't a Premier League club. He was he was at Watford. Watford and that's the right, Watford yes. manager changed and now he's gone somewhere else. Good luck. The Watford um,
1: manager changes every two
0: weeks. Yeah. Um but the, the, the new one didn't fancy James Garner. It didn't fancy a T Cleves, Jay Garnes midfield. Um the um uh, Pellestri who I forgot all about um has gone on loan somewhere. Alavez. He's gone on loan to Alaves. Yeah, I, I apparently he had a whole out. host
1: of clubs that were willing to give him a loan. I mean, he's he's got to, for it to be useful. I mean, there's there's a, there was an argument here that would it be better for his development to spend another few months in England before getting a loan, say, next season? Uh, and if he's going to go on loan, is he the kind of player that would thrive in the championship? Having a look at him, I'd say probably not. You know, some... Burly cloggers kicking the shit of him every week. And, and
0: Have you so, watched a championship game lately? <laughs> no, I, don't, I tend don't, to I avoid it. I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore. Uh, I did see.
1: I saw. What did I see? I saw one. Why did I watch a championship game not that long ago? Maybe it was a Derby County Rooney championship right. game. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I did. I did see one. There, there was a fair amount of aerial stuff, but yes, they weren't kicking each other all the time. Anyway, no. so if he's going to go on loan, it's not in England. Is the kind of comfort of Spanish language good for him? And then what size of club
0: that he's going to get enough games? So Al- mm. Alaves is probably a, a good balance. The Chong one's interesting because Verde Bremer felt <coughs> like, felt like kind of a bit of a moonshot in a way. It was like, is if that works out, that'd be massive if he's playing like every week in the Bundesliga. But, Clearly, like it's a big step down from Verde Club Rouge. I mean he'll he'll experience winning a league because they're gonna win the league this season. Yeah, and um, hopefully he gets a lot of games. I he's played
1: fifteen times for Verde Bremen. It's not bad, but it's yeah, not... he's
0: come off the come off the bench a like, lot. I think yeah. he's only like four starts. Um, I think. I could be wrong about that. I just read this yesterday, so I'm quoting from memory here. Um but it's it's yeah. So it's it it looks better than it's been, I think, um, for Chung. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all the the United loan news that's fit to print. Um, oh, Jesse Lingard, we should say has not been sold; he's gone on loan. Um, what that means, I don't think that that means it's particularly likely he's going to be in the United squad next season. But it does mean it's not all that likely, or certainly not nailed on that he'll be in the West Ham squad. Um, but he's clearly throwing himself into that in a big way.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure when his contract runs to, but uh, I mean, it's, it's not up this summer anyway, so he's got a bit of time and, and almost certainly Edward Wood will give him a new five-year contract before then <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, back to Southampton, that was a long uh detour the last time we played Southampton we got thoroughly outplayed and then smashed them to pieces like the slugs they are in the last few minutes of that game with a brilliant Eddie Cavani brace he came on and completely changed the nature of that game just attacked every ball in the six yard box and United found a new level of intensity I mean I think it's going to be potentially a really big challenge this game but um I've thought that a lot of times and then we've kind of been fine um But I do think that particularly those centre-backs being as vulnerable as they are to the kind of pressing that they're vulnerable to. The fact that Pogba is still trying to take on free players to get the ball out. And De Gea is still passing out from the back every single time, even when passing through the lines is really difficult. All of these things are definitely a worry. And like you said, they're not going to be leaving uh, all their defenders 1v1 against some of the best 1v1 attackers in the league as Leeds did. No And like Scott McTominay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so,
1: I mean, I, I'm, I have mixed feelings about the um, repeated attempts that, that United um, you know, tried to pass it out from the back. I don't just mean an open play from goal kicks as well. So... Uh, it can be frustrating when you do that play out from the back and then get pressed and lose the ball um or end up having to turn around and go back and then thump it forward again sure but if you thump it forward you lose the ball you know half the time anyway that might not be accurate I, it, I don't i loses. don't have the numbers on that but yeah you lose it further up the field sure yeah, exactly, but yeah. but that's the you know you that's the kind of thinking that that drives you into you know, percentage football, isn't it? If you're yes. going to create chances and if you're going to create mistakes, you might as well be in near third of the field. Let's get it, uh, long son.
0: Pomo, uh, Charles. What's his name? What's his name? Can't remember his name. Yeah, um, Hughes. Yeah, right. Um, but the uh, yes, it, uh, you're absolutely right. Of course. But there's something very emotionally difficult about watching. You know, it's very very difficult to be rational and measured. Like, well, 75% chance time this works. And whereas 50% of time the other one works. But you're like, can you not knock it, son? (laughs) Um, Anyway. Yes,
1: Uh, especially when McGuire gets a nosebleed when someone's charging at him, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Or, Or, you know... De Gea does what he did against Sheffield United, for example, and passes it out into the space near the attacker. Um, so, yeah. Um the one thing that, of all the rule changes this season, this does seem to be the one that has least benefited the attacking side. The fact that you can have players in the box from goal kicks just seems to have made those kind of short goal kicks more terrifying for some reason <laughs> because as soon as the keeper kicks it the attackers start bearing down on the central defenders in the box it's very it's very nerve-wracking I think it's just visually unsettling because we're not used to seeing it basically
1: yeah I think I think so I mean look it should be advantage to the better passing sides and that's that's the kind of advantage we should want I
0: suppose you know <laughs> well, we should probably buy some different players then it, it
1: kind of reminds me of school boy football when the keeper can't get it very far out of his out of his box, everyone pushes really far forward. <laughs> so.
0: I wonder whether um we'll see McFred for this one. I think it's not nailed on that we won't, let's say. I mean whether Scott McTominay is recovered sufficiently. Arsenal poisoning another player with lasagna, is it? I see. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, that wouldn't that wouldn't be allowed the bubbles and all that. So oh yeah, okay. You could bring your own food, haven't you? Yeah,
1: right. Even to Euro games. Uh so yeah I don't know. I mean maybe yes. He he might just want to again we we said before the Arsenal game that his go to when in doubt is is McFred, isn't it? So it feels like there's a level of doubt about this. Decent Southampton side blows hot and cold for for sure. But but then it's one less attacker at home.
0: And what basically. is he going what is he going to do with that attack? Because against Sheffield United, Greenwood, Rashford, and Martial was incredibly ineffective together as a as a three. Um, the option of Greenwood, Mason Greenwood, Martial, and Marcus Rashford was really ineffective um, against uh, Arsenal. Although we definitely created more chances. And better chances than them. It wasn't like it looked fluent and effective. And anyway, the plans changed after 36 minutes. So it wasn't, you know, Pogba wide left, Marcus Rashford wide right, and Cavani through the middle for very long. Um, Pogba dropped back into midfield. Um, it's, it's, I just don't know exactly. I, I don't think Solskjaer knows his best 11 in inverted commas at the moment against Sheffield United. I thought that team was almost the perfect team to pick with uh, Matic and Pogba and Fernandes all in the middle and how much progressive passing there is in that in that combination, uh, but it was it wasn't able to get the job done. So and and do you really want that against a team that's going to be kind of ferociously physically closing down the ball in midfield? I don't I don't think you do, do you?
1: Yeah, it it makes for an interesting blend anyway
0: uh these two teams i got a thought on the the score Well, I've talked myself into being terrified in the last five minutes, so... um, You're all "We're like
1: we're going to smash him.
0: Yeah, now it's like, oh, wait a minute. How are we going to get the ball into the final third? Uh, There will be more space available than there was against Sheffield United, and we can definitely take advantage of that space. So actually, if we can cope with the press um, and uh, keep our heads and keep going, then there's no reason that United shouldn't win this game 2-1 with a scrappy last minute Penalty. What? Where, where's all the penalties, by exactly. the way? Exactly. I was like promised penalties. Jurgen
1: Klopp stole them from us. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp's got, he stole the title from do you, us. Do you know we're going to be 5 2 up? Ahmed Di- Diallo coming after <laughs> us.
0: Do you reckon he would paninker it again? <laughs> I think at 5 2 he would, yeah. I wonder whether he's going to, because like, it's not like a player of his skill set wouldn't be really useful for the first team, but he does look, he still looks. Tiny, you know, and he looked he looked like he belonged at the level that he was playing at. It's not like you looked at it and going, What's he doing playing at this level? Was it, you know?
1: No, sure. Yes. So, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's likely to be where he spends almost all of his time for the remainder of the season.
0: Right, right, right. Um, all right, well, uh, what do you think the score's gonna be? I'm gonna say uh, one nil victory to United. Come on. Right. One nil, remarkable. Um I guess we kept clean sheet. In that last game, didn't we? Uh, against Nicola Pepe. Wow. Uh, okay, that'll top, do. Top player, top top player. <laughs> I mean, top price tag. Um, a worse signing than Harry Maguire. It's true. Not, not a worse signing than Kepper as uh, Balaga though, who is the worst football signing in the history of the game. I think it's fair to say. Anyway, uh, talking of football teams that aren't united, Patreon backers, stay tuned. We're going to talk about uh, football from this weekend. I've only watched one and a bit games. Shocking, shocking. I'm sure Ed's Ed watched tons. Um, uh, everyone else, we will see you uh, at the back end of next week after the Southampton game to preview whoever it is we're playing next weekend because the games will not stop. I think it's Everton. But yeah, we'll see you then.
1: Bye now.